It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Hard Count Football Podcast Live. My name is Jacob Charno, and I am thrilled to be leading the next generation of football fans live on YouTube and Twitch. I'm excited to announce that we will be joined with it in a little bit with Fox Sports Rules Analyst Dean Blandino. We have a whole lot to talk about today once again, so let's get right into it. Starting off, LaShawn McCoy signed a one-year deal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucs continue to stack their offense. I mean... I mean, I, I'm sure LaShawn will probably have a limited role when it comes to that offense because, I mean, Ronald Jones is their starter and they just drafted Keyshawn Vaughn. So he will have some competition, but I think having a veteran like McCoy will help this young running back group for sure. He's crazy experience. He was always really good. I'm not surprised that Shady wanted to keep playing, especially in Tampa, because then in almost every position in Tampa right now is elite. I mean, they have the best receiving duo in the league with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, and I don't think that's even a debate. I mean, you could last season you could have argued the Vikings with Diggs and Thielen, but now it's not even a debate. Evans, Godwin, both elite receivers, both top 10 receivers in my opinion. You know, Tom Brady, I think he can still be an elite quarterback as long as he has the right weapons. We haven't really seen what he's able to do with, with the right weapons. I mean, he hasn't had receivers in New England his entire career there. Now he has pretty much all the weapons he needs to succeed down in Tampa. I mean, they have three very good tight ends, uh, good running backs, and they upgraded their offensive line. I mean, what else can you ask about this offense? Plus, I mean, Tampa's a great place to live and play football. It's warm. There's no income tax in Florida. And, I mean, you get to play the Panthers and the Falcons twice a year each. So I can't really see a problem there. But now I am thrilled to be joined with Fox Sports Rules Analyst and host of the Good Calls podcast on iHeartRadio. Please welcome Dean Blandino. Dean, what is up? How are you? I'm good, Jacob. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So, Dean, the first thing I want to ask you, we were just talking about it. Sean McCoy signed with the Buccaneers. That offense, on paper at least, is looking fantastic. Every Nothing less than elite for sure. Do you think that this offense will come right away and produce for the Buccaneers, or do you think it might take some time for them to click with everything going on. I mean, everything's virtual. You don't really have a lot of team stuff going on. Yeah, I, I think it's not exclusive to the Bucks. I think everybody's going to take a little time to click. You, you think about the lack of, of you know, in-person time together, no preseason. I think the first couple of games, even with a preseason in, in past years, 
a lot. How many? How many? How much are the are the are the ones together? You know, how much do the starters actually play? You look at you know what Sean McVay has done with the Rams last last season. The starters didn't play at all during the preseason. So the first couple of weeks is 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 going to look um, maybe a little less crisp than than normal. Um, but when you think about Tom Brady and Bruce Arians and, and now Shady McCoy and Gronkowski and the receivers that they have, they'll get it together. But it's Tampa's looking like, I mean, I want to go sign with Tampa. I want to go play in Tampa. It's looking like a lot of fun. Yeah. So, Dean, we've seen a ton of players opt out of the league so far, and there's no doubt there's going to be more because, the, the, I mean, the way we can't blame them. A lot of them, they have young kids, they have families. They don't, they don't want to put them at risk, you know, especially the offensive defensive linemen. They're at higher risk. Uh, a team with the but the team with the most players opting out is the New England Patriots. I think they've had they've had seven players opt yeah. out so far, and it hasn't been just backups. I mean, players on both sides of the ball have decided to opt out of the season. Starters, backups, whatever, and it's big guys. I mean, Dante Hightower, Patrick Chung, and Marcus Cannon are all in playing, and those are key parts to both the offensive and defensive sides of the ball. You know, they have a total of seven players. How do you think this will affect the Patriots in a year where Belichick is trying to prove he can win without Brady? Yeah, it's it's definitely it's not business as usual in New England. Obviously, we knew that going in without without Tom Brady being there. And you look at the number of opt-outs. I just think 2020 this season is going to be one that that is going to have all of these extraordinary circumstances. It is you think about these players and you're right. No one can blame everybody has their own situation. Everybody has whether it's a family member or themselves that are a higher risk so opting out, that's that's their choice. It's interesting that New England has, you know, a higher number of players and how that's going to impact them. But, you know, I think Bill Belichick has proved, proven over the years um, that, that he can win regardless. And, and I think I think New England is going to be right there again, at the, you know, in, in terms of the division and, and, and who knows what else will happen. But I think Bill will figure, figure it out. Uh, what are some big names that you think we might see opt out? Because, you know, guys like Russell Wilson, he just had a kid. Well, I don't like if, if Russell Wilson opts out, that Seahawks team is done. We can't, we, I don't think there's any way this like Russell Wilson elevates. I'm going to talk about this later in the show. Russell Wilson elevates everybody around him, all the talent around him. He's just, he's really just that good. It's going to affect the Seahawks. I don't think the Seahawks will win more than five games if Russell Wilson's not playing. I agree. I, I think someone like Russell Wilson, you know, he did, he did tweet earlier um, you know, maybe a couple of weeks ago about being an, uh, a new father and, and having a, a newborn at home. And that's certainly a situation that, again, everybody has to take that into consideration. I agree with you. I think Russell Wilson, you know, he's he's the MVP. He could be an MVP every year when you look at that Seahawks team. And it's a it's a good team, but it's a very good team with Russell Wilson without him. Um, I agree. They don't they don't come anywhere near the playoffs, even, you know, even with the expanded expanded playoffs. It's going to, it's going to be interesting um, to see if when, if, and when that big name opts out, like I think Dante Hightower may be kind of at the top of the list right now, but if you get a Russell, you know, Russell Wilson, um, a Patrick Mahomes, somebody like that, that, that opts out the, the repercussions on that club and around the league are going to be tremendous. But again, nobody can blame them. This is, this is, we're talking about, you know, significant life and death issues yeah for sure i uh, i mean a guy like drew Brees is another uh, that could opt out he has young kids you know the way the nfl has handled this 
really hasn't been the best so far. I mean, we've seen the NBA and NHL both come back with a bubble, which is which for them it's been unproblematic so far. I mean, the NBA yeah. hasn't had someone test positive yet in the bubble. Uh, we've seen the MLB come back with a whole bunch of problems, though. I mean, the, the whole thing with the Marlins. It looks like the NFL is leaning more towards what the MLB is doing, which is, I mean, I don't know how I feel about that. Mostly, I mean, mostly because it's impossible to keep 32 t- uh, 32 rosters of players in a bubble. There's just, I think there's over 2,000 players that you need to keep. That's just a nightmare to figure out. However, the NFL has had the luxury of time, which these other leagues haven't had, you know, Dean, do you think the NFL will be able to figure something out and have a full 16-game season? And if you were Roger Goodell, how would you approach it? Well, I think, you know, what the league has done, you said they have time. And I agree. The league has been able to evaluate the situation, see what the other leagues are doing, and 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 learn from them. You see what's happening with baseball, and obviously that's not ideal. Um, basketball and hockey, like you said, it's it's a bubble concept. Football, I think the problem with football, you mentioned it, it's it's you're dealing with sometimes three to four more people, you know, times three or four times more people than basketball or or even baseball or hockey. And so you have this this tremendous number of people that you'd have to find one location, house everybody. Um, and really, then you're only playing once a week where baseball and hockey, you know, they're they're playing more times a week, basketball playing more times a week. Um, it would be a tremendous undertaking. I think the league is, they're, they're, they're looking at all of the medical data and it changes. It, it feels like it changes from day to day. So it's really hard to, to, to make these decisions. Um, I think they're doing the best that they can. I think they're looking at it from a testing and screening approach, from, from a prevention approach. Um, they're creating these, what they consider these virtual bubbles in the home city and, and putting in strict rules as to what players can do when they leave the facility. But again, it only takes one. You look at the Marlins situation. If you have a couple of players that go out, maybe they go to the hotel bar. Maybe they go out and they they don't follow the protocols. Someone gets infected and now what's happening, right? Almost the entire team. And and that can impact the season. So it's going to be... Um, it's going to be up to the league and also the individual players to to do the right thing and follow the protocols. I mean, yeah. I mean, if a player wants lemon pepper wings, I, you know, you exactly. can't. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, do you like the idea? I, I, I've, I've heard some, I, I've heard some talk about it. Do you like the idea of quarantining a quarterback and just having them, ha- having them kind of in their own bubble because quarterback, it's the hardest position to replace. We've seen that. We've seen it time and time again, teams that lose their starting quarterback usually don't do much after that it's 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 hard to, it's hard to win once you lose your starting quarterback you know i like the idea of uh, of a core of quarantining quarterback but i think it's easier for them just to be like i'm an nfl quarterback i need to be responsible with what i'm doing for my team and that doesn't just go for quarterbacks you know that should go for every player especially in a time where everything is so uncertain and teams that teams like you know the younger teams that maybe wouldn't be as good with with normal whatever this is their time to take advantage of that. Take advantage of kind of the, the uncertainty of what's going on. Do you? Do you it, yeah. Do you think? Yeah. Be a good no. Idea? I think you know. And I've heard teams float that idea about quarantine a quarterback, so so you don't you know you don't lose a quarterback because right because if a quarterback room they're together and 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 everyone is infected, you don't have a quarterback for you're done. And and so I think I think teams are going to be creative in this in this in this area. I think you're going to see certain teams take precautions with certain players, but I think it comes down to what you just said. I mean, as a professional athlete, 
Um, I have to be responsible and I have to follow the protocols um, and, and understanding that you could do everything right and still have somebody else be irresponsible and impact you. You know, you could you could wear a mask, you could do all of the things you're supposed to do and have somebody else that you come in contact with, you know, make make the difference. Um, so it's just such a, you know, an unusual and extraordinary situation. And, uh, you know, the league, I think, is is trying to do the best that they can. And, and we're all trying to figure it out, you know, throughout the country. And uh, and again, it's going to be it's it's going to be a big challenge to get a full 16 game season. And I could envision a, a situation where we do get a season, but maybe it's not 16 games. Maybe it's 12 games. Maybe it's 14 games. Who knows? But but. Um, it's going to be, uh, we're going to have to wait and see. Yeah. I mean, I, they set the schedule up so they, they, there are games in there that they could take out. I think, yeah. I think weeks like two to four are all replaceable or something like that. I don't really know, but all right, moving on, you know, as we've been talking about for the last week, Jamal Adams traded from the jets to the Seahawks for a whole lot, two first rounders, a third rounder and a starting safety and Bradley McDougald, which team do you think benefit benefited more from this trade? And how do you think it's going to affect both sides? Well, you look at the you look at the two teams, and I think Seattle and and Pete Carroll. I think they're in a win now mode, all right. And so, so I think the Jamal Adams trade. That, I think that's why they gave up so much to get to get that that impact player. And you look at the the history and the defenses. They've always had that guy in the in the secondary. That whether it's Earl Watson or you think about the Legion of Boom and 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 those guys and. I think that makes sense for for Seattle. You look at the Jets, and maybe the Jets are, are are not as close to contending as Seattle. And so all of that draft capital, when you have a guy, I, like I said, I think both teams won the trade for what they were looking for. The Seahawks, Seahawks got the impact guy that's going to help them now, and and he's not. It's not like this guy is at the end of his career. This is a guy in his prime, um, so he's going to be there. And the Jets got you know two number ones. They got another another starting player. They got a, a, a three. Um, that's a lot of draft capital that is going to help them in the future. And to get that for a player who basically said, I don't want to play for this franchise and yeah. said the things that he said about not, not, not just the coach. Now he's come out on the GM. He's come out on, on, on Woody Johnson and, and said some things. Um, I think both teams did what they wanted to do. And, and it's, again, it comes down to what happens with those draft picks, right? Can the jets turn those draft picks into, into starters, um, and, uh, and I think that's ultimately what we're going to, you know, how we're going to decide who won that trade. Yeah, for sure. I think that the Jets so far have no reason to not trust Joe Douglas. I mean, everything yeah. he's done, like no one, he built up a ton of draft capital. He signed all these free agents, like really good deals. I mean, one year, low money. They still have a ton of cap space left. I could see them maybe going out signing a free agent. I don't really know. Or they're just going to put it towards next year with all, we don't know what the, what the deal with cap space is going to sure. be next year, but you know, Joe Douglas, no one would have thought, even before uh, Jamal went on that podcast and started trashing the entire team, uh, no one would have thought that the Jets would have gotten two first rounders for him. I didn't hear anywhere. You know, props to Joe Douglas for really, really getting that done. I'm, yeah, for sure. And then I agree with you. The Seahawks, they're trying to win now. You don't really know. I mean, Russell Wilson, what is he going into his, his ninth year now? We don't know. I mean, he's he hasn't had any injury problems, but we don't know how much longer what Pete Carroll is going to be there. We don't know how much longer. Sure. We, like 
the Seahawks are trying to win now. They need to make it to another Super Bowl, and especially in a division like the NFC West, it's so competitive that it's. I mean, now that the Cardinals are looking like they're they're getting better. I mean, yeah, I really the like Cardinals are going to be competitive. You look at what they've done, and and with you know acquiring now DeAndre Hopkins, and and if you get Kyler Murray in year two, and and does he take the next step? So I think from top to bottom, the Rams you know regressed last year, but they're they're two two seasons removed from a Super Bowl. And uh, and obviously San Francisco is is you know who they are. So so that division is probably the best in football right now. Oh, for sure. I mean, I would I would argue either that or the AFC North, just with the AFC North defenses. Yeah. That the, but the NFC West, it looked like everybody in that division could be a playoff team. I you can't really argue any of those teams have any really glaring weaknesses that would keep them from winning any games. I couldn't. I mean, all of them are able to win games. There are divisions. I mean, like the AFC East, we're talking about. A lot of these teams, it feels like the NFC East last year, where a team probably might end up making the playoffs with a nine and seven record, and it could be eight a battle of the eight and eight battle of the eight and yeah. eight teams. Yeah, no question. I think I think the NFC, you know, the NFC East last year, you looked at that who was going to win that division, and that were, were they going to win it at eight and eight? And the AFC East, especially now with New England and and and, and no longer having Brady, do they come back to the pack? And uh, and but does Buffalo take that step? You know, do they take the step from from where they were last year and and, and win? You know, maybe win eleven games and, and win that division. It's it's going to be interesting to to see it play out. And then, like you said, the AFC North. I, I I've always loved that division. I love those those, those rivalry games and those defenses. And you look at where, you know, Baltimore and, and and Lamar Jackson. If Pittsburgh can 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 bounce back and and Roethlisberger can can come back from that injury you know Cleveland again a lot of hype last year I think this is the year I think this is the year they're a little bit more under the radar yeah. and I think you're gonna see um, Cleveland kind of take that next step and then obviously Cincinnati Joe Burrow they're rebuilding and uh, and it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to just see him play and see how they develop him. Yeah, I mean Cleveland. You were t- I, I I completely agree. I mean Cleveland. They have a real head coach now, a, a guy who has proven that he can. He's a good coordinator. He's going to be good for Baker Mayfield for sure. You know, a, a general manager now that is at least competent and not power hungry. Like I mean, we've heard a ton of stories about John Dorsey. So I mean, there's a very good possibility that Cleveland turns this culture around completely and just starts to win. But that's all going to rely on Baker Mayfield of whether yeah. he can he can utilize the weapons that he has because they've really surrounded him with the best possible weapons. No, yeah, they have. I mean, you look at their roster and the, on the offensive side of the ball. They, they, their, their weapons are just as good as Tampa's. Um, oh yeah. And and you're gonna have to again. You're you're gonna have to put it all together. Baker's gonna have to continue to take, you know, those that leadership role, and uh, and continue to mature. And I like, you know, I agree. Stefan uh, Stefanski is is has shown it as a coordinator. Again, you have to take that next step as a head coach. There's right. there's a, it's a different deal. When you're when you're when you're running an offense and, and you're an OC or a DC, it's it's different. It's a different environment when you're the head coach because now you're, you're dealing with everything and you're managing more versus the hands-on stuff. So um, if if they can take those next steps, and I, I think Cleveland is gonna is gonna challenge for that division. Right. Well, anything will be better than Freddie Kitchens. So that, <laughs> yeah. So the final thing I'll ask you is more towards your line of work. You know. The reality is, if there's an NFL season, there's not going to be any fans in the seats, and they're going to have to limit, or they're going to have to limit the amount of people in the stadium between the staff and everything. What do you think are are some ways they might have to change the game, whether that be small changes or big rule changes that they might have to implement in order to ensure the safety of players? Yeah, you know, I think about some of the some of the things that that colleges have already announced. The NCAA has announced some of the rule changes and and adjustments for 2020. I think the NFL is going to look at that. 
Um, they've expanded the sidelines. So normally in the NFL, the, the team area is from 32-yard line to 32-yard line. And now if we're dealing with social distancing and trying to keep people you know, more spaced out, and with really your sidelines, you're not going to have – you watch any NFL game normally, and you have a whole bunch of people outside the team area, whether whoever they are, whether they're, they're, they're medical staff or, or reporters or photographers. I think that number is going gonna, is gonna to decrease. You're only going to have essential personnel. Maybe you expand the, those team areas. Um, you, they talk about you know face shields, things like that. I know some players don't like the idea of wearing a full face shield. Um, that that remains to be seen if they're going to go that route. You think on the officiating side, officials are going to have to they're going to use electronic whistles, which which you don't have to bring to your mouth to blow. So it's just you keep it in your hand, you can keep it on your belt, and you can touch it to blow the whistle. Um, there's all types of things. It's going to look different than what we're used to, um, just because of all the protocols. And, and like you said, I mean, I've been watching. You know, baseball. I started. You know, I started watching playoff hockey yesterday. It's a different environment without the the fans, without that energy. You know, and I know they're they're kind of piping in artificial noise and things like that. But um, it's going to be interesting to watch football without fans in the stadium and just to see all the little changes that that come up because you just don't think about. Um, you watch a football game, but you don't think about all the things that happen behind the scenes that 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 really. People have to be in close proximity to to take care of. It's going to be uh, it's just going to be different. Uh, I mean, well, football's the hardest. It's going to be the hardest sport just because of how much. I mean, the the the. I mean, the amount of players that are there on the roster, and then the amount of players that are on the field constantly tackling each other. It's everyone comes in contact. If one person has it, it's possible you infect not one team, but you infect both teams. Because yeah. by the time you, you infect one teammate, that teammate tackles someone, then that teammate comes back into the huddle, affects a bunch of other people. It could it could be a nightmare scenario for the NFL, but it, we'll see what happens. I mean, hopefully they can hopefully they can figure it out. But too much uncertainty right now. We'll see. But you know, Dean, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, go ahead, promote yourself. Tell us where we can find you. Yeah, so I've I've got a like you mentioned, Good Calls podcast on you know iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts, and and obviously you can see me on on Fox Sports during the fall, and then on Twitter at Dean Blandino and. And yeah, and uh, and thanks for having me, Jacob. Yeah, no problem. Thank you so much. All right, Dean. Once again, this is the Hard Count Football Podcast live. I am Jacob Charnot, leading the next generation of football fans on YouTube and Twitch with Chris Landry Football. Please help spread the word as you can catch this show on the Chris Landry Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash Football, And you can listen to this podcast on your mobile device by signing up for Landry Football's conference call wherever you get your podcasts. You can also watch this show on chrislandryfootball.com where all this information is there for you. Now, I have a bone to pick with something that seems to be making a lot of people mad lately, and that would be the NFL Top 100 list that came out the other day. So this list was voted on by the players, and boy, do I disagree with a whole lot of these rankings. So starting off with a player that was left off the list completely, Carson Wentz. So out of all the things I am about to say, about this extremely inaccurate list. I think this one makes me the most angry because, sure, Carson Wentz has had his injury problems in the past, but he played all 16 games last year and only got hurt in the wild card game because of a dirty hit by Jadavian Clowney. I mean, he had over 4,000 passing yards and 27 touchdowns with only seven interceptions. He is not only a top, he is not only in the top 100. I, I, he's also one of the best quarterbacks in the league. You know, he brought a team with actual furniture 
at receiver and Nelson Aguilar, who probably doesn't even deserve to be called furniture because I might get canceled by Ray Moore and Flanagan over offensive comments about furniture. Anyway, Carson Wentz, he he absolutely belongs in the top 100. He had a 58, uh, sorry, I mean, especially over Josh Allen, you know, who Josh Allen was ranked at 87. Josh Allen isn't good. I'm sorry. Josh Allen is not good. He had a 58.8 completion percentage last year. That is awful. That is the worst in the NFL. That is worse than that. That is worse than that is worse than Mitch Trubisky. And I've said a whole lot about Mitch Trubisky. And I can't. I, I really cannot believe there's anybody worse than him. Josh Allen, worst completion percentage in the NFL. Overthrows all his receivers. I I can't. I, uh, uh, I I'm getting off. I, I can't. I can't. I can't continue about him. You know. And Josh Allen, he also had two decent receivers. He had John Brown and Cole Beasley, both who are extremely underrated. I love John Brown. I, I, I This is absolutely ridiculous. Carson Wentz had literally nobody, and Carson Wentz should be in the top 100, maybe even the top 50, while Josh Allen doesn't even belong in the top 150. So another ranking I don't agree with is DK Metcalf being ranked 81st. I mean, while Allen Robinson is ranked at 93. Now, all right. Now, I, I don't think DK is necessarily a bad receiver, in fact, I, I actually think he's he's really good. But but come on, Allen Robinson, he, Allen Robinson could be considered a top ten receiver in this league, and I can make the argument DK really only blew up because of Russell Wilson, who we will get to. I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about Russell Wilson. Allen Robinson had Mitch Trubisky at quarterback last year. Allen Robinson has not had a good quarterback his entire career, and somehow he still he still had over receiving yards last year. He produces every single year, while DK only had 900 receiving yards. The conclusion that I came from this is just that Allen Robinson is extremely underappreciated in this league, and I will continue to say it every single video until he gets the respect he deserves. Moving on, Jamal Adams is the best safety in the league. He's a he's literally he's a dynamic player that you could really put anywhere on the field. Put him higher than twenty seven. Come on, he's he's better than twenty seventh. He's he's a top twenty player. He he just deserves to he just deserves to be there. So next, Aaron Rodgers was put at sixteen, which I wouldn't actually have a problem with if Tom Brady wasn't at fourteen, because I mean Brady had a sixty point eight percent completion percentage. Aaron Rodgers had a sixty two percent completion percentage and Rodgers threw for 26 touchdowns and four interceptions while Brady threw for 24 touchdowns and eight interceptions the only stat that Brady had more than Rodgers in was passing yards and Brady only beat him out in that category by like 50 yards and that's like nothing that's like a half that's like maybe a quarter for both these guys Aaron Rodgers led a team of basically no receivers other than Devontae Adams to the NFC Championship, and Brady lost in the wild card to the Tennessee Titans. Come on now. Tom Brady, he's not an elite. I mean, maybe now with all these weapons, but last year, he wasn't that good. You could see his regression. He wasn't that good. Okay. So here is – this is the top 10 list. Okay. So I have – here it is. So this this is the top 10 players – from this NFL top 100 list. At 10, they had Derrick Henry. Nine, they had Stephon Gilmore. Eight, they had DeAndre Hopkins. Seven, George Kittle. Six, Christian McCaffrey. Five, Michael Thomas. Four, Patrick Mahomes. Three, Aaron Donald. Two, Russell Wilson. And number one they voted on was Lamar Jackson. Now, I disagree with a whole bunch in this top 10. You know what? Let's pull it back up. How ridiculous is this? Just look at it. Come on now. Pa oh, all right. I disagree with so much in this top 10 that what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through my own personal 
top 10 players in the league because there is a whole lot here that needs to be changed. So starting at number 10, I'm going I'm going to have wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins. So Hopkins was he was originally at the 8th spot and that would make him the second best receiver in the league, which I disagree with. I mean, he's probably the third best receiver in the league, that's where I would rank him, but he he he's so talented and he probably has the best hands in the NFL. He definitely belongs in the top 10. I'm going to put him at 10 because like there, there's two other receivers that definitely belong above him. Number 9, I have Stefan Gilmore. So Stephon Gilmore, he was the best corner in the game last year, far and away. He got Defensive Player of the Year, and he absolutely deserved it. He had six intercept, he had six interceptions and twenty passes defended. He was an absolute nightmare for any receiver that lined up against him. There was, I mean, why would you, Stephon Gilmore? He's so fast. He's he can he'll knock the ball out of your hands. You don't you don't catch balls when when Stephon Gilmore is guarding. It was just not a thing that happens. He locked up every single receiver that he played against. You know, he was originally put at nine, and I think that's that. This one I, I agree with. I think he belongs right at nine. That's a perfect ranking for him. At number eight, I have George Kittle. So I agree with this list by putting Kittle as the best tight end in the league. He was originally put at seven, so that's still in this area, but I had to put someone that wasn't in the top ten into the top ten, so I bumped Kittle down one. But every time he's on the field, you know, the guy takes over. He, he can block, run routes, catch almost every ball that's thrown to him. You know, every ball, it looks, every single ball Jimmy G throws, it's going to be caught by George Kittle. He doesn't drop balls. And he gets a ton of, of yards after the catch. He had the third most yards after the catch behind two receiving backs in Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler. So that's impressive. I mean, Kittle's a tight end. Kittle is changing the game for tight ends. And I mean, He'll probably get a big payday from the Niners soon. He's due for a big payday from this team. He definitely deserves it. He's going to be the future of this offense. There's no way. They should just pay him. We saw what happened with the Jets. Just pay George Kittle. Pay your best players. Please. Number seven, I put in wide receiver Julio Jones. So Julio was originally put at 11 and the third best receiver on this list. And that feels like a personal attack at Julio, considering he he's really neck and neck for best receiver in the league, in my opinion. And, and he would be far and away the best, you know, if Michael Thomas didn't have that monster season last year. You know, Julio is another guy who feels like he catches every single ball thrown to him. He's been in a tough situation since he entered the league. You know, at first, Atlanta had all these weapons, Roddy White, and, and Julio still somehow managed to be to be the guy in Atlanta. He still somehow managed to produce. He's had a pretty good quarterback. I mean, I Matt Ryan, I think Matt Ryan is insanely underrated. He's really good, Matt Ryan. You know, now the Falcons don't really have any weapons, and Julio still manages to be one of the best receivers in the league, if not the best. But I think the, uh, the guy I put at six, so number six, I had Michael Thomas. You know, like I said, neck and neck with Julio Jones for the best receiver. This six and seven spot, very interchangeable. Michael Thomas, he had a ridiculous season last year. 149 receptions for over 1,700 receiving yards, which was the most in the league. He averaged the most yards per game. Sure, most of the routes he ran were short routes or slants, but you can't deny his talent. I mean, he was open every single time. You have to be good at – you can be really good at running the short routes and still be a really good receiver. Like he, he has some of the best hands and is one of the best route runners in the game. Still, he was originally put at five, but I'm going to push him back to six. The guy I put at five definitely deserves to be there. And at number five, I have Christian McCaffrey. So now we're getting into the top five and there's no doubt 
that CMC was a top five player last year. He had over 1,300 rushing yards and over 1,000 receiving yards. You know, on a garbage offense like the Panthers last year, that, that, I mean, they were running with a backup quarterback in Kyle Allen at best. I don't even know where Kyle Allen belongs. He was not good. But he, he, McCaffrey carried this team like crazy. He carried this offense like I've never seen anybody carry an offense before. I mean, maybe Derrick Henry, but I didn't even put Derrick Henry on the top 10 for, for multiple reasons. Derrick Henry, I mean, uh, we'll, we'll see. Derrick Henry had one good offseason. If he can produce, maybe I'll put him in the top 10. But I feel like all these guys definitely deserve to be there more than he does. Um, you know, I, he was no doubt the best running back in the league. But McCaffrey lined up all over the place for this. You know, he lined up at running back. He could line up at receiver. And he produced at every single one of those positions for him. You know, he had the he, he had the most yards in the league after the catch. And had over 400 touches with only one fumble. So ball security was not an issue for him uh, like it is for a lot of guys. I don't think – I think that might be the least – I mean, 400 touches. He had the most touches in the league. He only had one fumble. Are you kidding me? Come on. CMC, he's an, he was an absolute freak of nature last season. And unless he gets injured or something crazy happens, the same thing. He's probably going to be just as dominant this year. You know, I, he, has, he actually has a good quarterback now. So maybe they take the workload off him a little bit. But he, come on, it's Christian McCaffrey. You watch him play; he's a, he's so dynamic. He's all over the field. He's always doing something. Yeah. Moving on to number four, I have Aaron Donald. So the best defensive player on this list, and just an absolute monster. He had twelve and a half sacks last year. He had twenty tackles for loss, which was the most in the league. Aaron Donald literally manhandles every single offensive lineman that tries to block him. He was originally at three on this list, but I had to move him down because the three guys ahead of him are definitely top three NFL talents. And that is no disrespect to Aaron Donald. He is far and away the best defense player in the NFL. Please don't hurt me, Aaron Donald. You definitely belong in the top five. So at number three, I have Lamar Jackson. So my top three are a bit controversial and people are going to get mad because, you know, people get mad at everything nowadays. However... Yep, my number three, Lamar Jackson. Now, Lamar was originally at one. He was originally the best. They put him as the best player in the NFL. And I cannot let that slide. You know, yes, he was the MVP. And while he absolutely deserved it, I wouldn't say he's the best player in the NFL. I wouldn't even say he's the best quarterback in the NFL. I mean, you'll see on this list he's not. He had 36 passing touchdowns, which was the most in the league, and over 1,200 rushing yards. His stats are the stats are absolutely there, but man, you know if Lamar wants to be the best player in the league, he has to win a playoff game. Two years in a row, he's choked in the first round of the playoffs and has arguably had one of the best rosters in the NFL both of those years. If Lamar can step up his game next year and maybe win a playoff game or two, maybe we'll see. Maybe that's pushing it for them. I mean, he hasn't won one yet, but I'll have no problem putting him higher. I will have no problem putting him higher next year if he can show me that he can win. Yes, he can win in the regular season, but he had but he played two games against the Bengals. They didn't play a lot of they didn't play a ton of good teams. I mean, they played some really good teams, and in all those games Lamar produced. But win a playoff game. Come on. You want to be the number one player in the NFL, you can't choke in the playoffs. There's there's you can you can have as many stats as you want. You choke in the playoffs. You can't win when you need to. I can't put you at one. I'm sorry, Lamar. So moving on to number two. Oh boy, it's gonna piss people off. Number two. I have Patrick Mahomes. So I am unsure as to what people, what what these people were smoking when they put 
Patrick Mahomes at four. But this is that was just that's just wrong. That um that is wrong. He's better than four. There isn't really a lot I have to explain here. You know, Mahomes is probably the best young talent in the entire NFL. You want to took you want to talk about the future of the NFL. Mahomes is your guy. You know, he does it all and does it everywhere on the field. He can throw bombs accurately. He can run. And just like the guy I put at number one, elevates the game, elevates the talent, really, of everyone around him. The reason I didn't put Mahomes at one is really just because of his inexperience so far. The Super Bowl MVP has has only been in the league a few years. I mean, since 2017, he had the city year behind Alex Smith. But he's taken the league by storm. No one expected him to blow up like he did. And I think next year, he might be in the one spot for sure. I might put him there. But for now, I want to sh- I want him to show that he is the generational talent that we all think he's going to be. And I have no doubt he's going to win a few more Super Bowls in his career. But, I mean, he has a stacked team around him. Andy Reid helping him along with his development. I'm going to put him at two. Win another Super Bowl. Win- just show me that you can win more and that this isn't just a fluke and that you are the most talented quarterback in the league. And I'll put you at one. But for now... My number one player in the league is Russell Wilson. Uh, no, I lied. It's uh, it, who? Who could it be? Who am I going to put at number one? Hmm. Denzel Mims. Denzel Mims from the Jets. Wide receiver. Rookie. Number one player in the NFL. I'm joking. It's Russell Wilson. So I feel like we're always going to have this conversation year in and year out about Russ. Russell Wilson is the single most underappreciated quarterback in the entire NFL. The man has won a Super Bowl. And constantly takes this team of literally nobodies to the playoffs every single year. You know, and, and not only he wins his playoff games. Sorry, Lamar. Russell Wilson wins his playoff games. We've seen it. He beat the Eagles last year. He lost because, I mean, he had no team and Packers were the Packers last year. They had they were really good. He had a rough defense. But on top of that, a part of Russ that we don't talk about is that he makes players all over his offense he elevates other players games with his own and the man has not gotten a single mvp vote in his entire career that is absolutely ridiculous how yeah all right let's take a look back at last season okay towards the end of the year chris carson goes down rashad penny goes down he has no run game will disley goes down luke wilson goes down he has no help at tight end what does he do He makes a great player out of the undrafted third-string tight end, Jacob Hollister. Who is Jacob Hollister? Nobody knew before he showed, before Russell Wilson made him great last year. Nobody knew. Uh, If you look back at last year before the season, I was like, Jacob Hollister, going to be one of the most underrated tight ends at the end of the season. Going to be one of the best tight ends at the end of the season. You'd be like, what? Who? People think he's a rookie. People think he's been in the league a while. Nope undrafted third string tight end he's great because of russell wilson nobody thought dk metcalf would be good you know he had his problems on and off the field russell wilson makes him one of the top receivers in the league made a third round receiver a top receiver as well with tyler lockett so you don't fine that's one season let's take a look back even farther okay doug baldwin was undrafted and now he is regarded as one of the best seahawk receivers ever why <laughs> it's Russell Wilson. He's he's just that good. Watch him play. Watch him play and tell me that he's not the best quarterback in the NFL. I'm not denying Mahomes' talent. I think he's I think Mahomes is the future of the NFL. There's no doubt the blueprint for the future of the NFL and how young quarterbacks should model their game. The game is getting faster. 
It is getting quicker. Hey, it, he has endured terrible offensive line his entire career, and he has no help on offense, no help on defense, but he makes everybody better on his team, including his coaches. You know, you know I do really think Pete Carroll would be in Seattle still if it wasn't for Russell Wilson. Absolutely not. Pete Carroll had been fired multiple times before he got the job in Seattle. And, uh, we don't know what Pete Carroll's legacy would have been without Russ, but now he's considered one of the most respected coaches in the NFL, and he definitely deserves it because he is. We don't listen. We don't know that Russell Wilson would have been Russell Wilson without Pete Carroll. I think he would have been, but Pete Carroll, I, I, I for sure, I don't think he would have been there. The Seahawks weren't that good. They were really weren't that good before Russell Wilson was there. So, well, I don't know, but I, I think that that duo. I don't think that neither of them would be there without each other. But more Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll, I think, would have gotten fired. So, I mean, that I. What bottom line? Russell Wilson's the best player in the NFL. I'm sorry, Russell Wilson is the best player in the NFL. Mahomes soon might be at this spot, but between Russ's pure leadership and pre-snap experience and, and everything there, he edges out Mahomes just a little bit for now. So those are my top ten receiver. Those are my top 10 players in the NFL. You can check out my receivers, my top 10 receivers on YouTube. But with that, we're going to wrap today from the Hard Count Football Podcast live. My name is Jacob Charno, and thank you so much, everyone, for joining me today. And be sure to go follow me on Twitter at Jacob Charno, Instagram at Hard Count Football, and here on Twitch with Chris Landry Football. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to Hard Count Football. Join me next Sunday for more exclusive news and talk about the top headlines in football. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.